Now it's Biombo to Brooks. Shot clock winding down. Working on Bean for three. Funky formation. It's going to give to Nelson. Nelson looking for room. That's it. Montana. Out of the wild to Frisco. The Grizz will play for it all. Broken up by the Blues. Thomas to Krug. Cairo. He's got a breakaway. Looking to tie the game. He does. Cairo. Tied it two. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. All right, here we go. Saul 74 for December the 18th. Good morning. Good Monday morning to you. Man, where did December go? We got a week till Christmas. It just feels like uh, we've just been flying by in the, on the December uh, calendar. But boy, oh boy, here we go. We're one week away till Christmas, and the weather's fabulous. Uh, looking at a high of plus three today. So get your Christmas shopping done. Come down to the mall here. Say hello. Uh, it's uh, it's an exciting time. There's no question about it. So uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for joining us uh, on a Monday morning. Uh, the Oilers are on their way to the East Coast as they uh, are getting set to take on the New York Islanders tomorrow. So it's a travel day for the Oilers uh, after two losses in a row to finish out their six-game homestand. They lost to Florida on Saturday night, of course, 5-1, dropping to 13-14-1. and and, you know, like even last week on Friday, we were talking about it. the Oilers didn't deserve to win Saturday. They probably deserved to win uh, against Tampa Bay. But this is how quickly it can turn. I mean, we were just talking about the Oilers sniffing around a wild card spot. Now they're like seventh in the wild card standings, 27 points. They're behind Seattle, behind Minnesota now all of a sudden because those two teams uh, – Win a couple games. Minnesota's on a three-game winning streak. Oilers lose two in a row. Arizona wins two in a row. Nashville's on a four-game winning streak. So Nashville and Arizona sit in the uh, one and two uh, spots in the wild card. The Oilers, 27 points. They're a point back of both Minnesota, Seattle. They're two points back of Calgary, but three games in hand. So take it for what it is. But again, we were talking about the fact that they went on an eight-game winning streak and... they made some ground up, but you lose two in a row and you lose a lot of ground. That's just the way it is because there's so many teams that you have to compete with. So Oilers go out on the East Coast with new lines. What do you think of the new lines if that's the way she goes starting tomorrow in New York against the Islanders? So Evander Kane, Connor McDavid, Zach Hyman, Leon Dreisettle between Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Warren Fogle. Ryan McLeod in between Matthias Janmark and Connor Brown. And then James Hamlin centering Adam Ernie and Sam Gagne. What do you think of the new lines? Send us a text, 1-833-401-1440. 1-833-401-1440. So Vancouver Canucks continue to win. Just keep rolling. Beat Chicago last night by a score of 4-3. to uh, Ottawa Senators... They just cannot get anything going. Ottawa loses in Vegas 6-3. 
what you, there could be two Smiths fired this week, one in Atlanta, one in Ottawa, NFL and NHL. See what happens there. Now, Nate McKinnon is just scorching hot. On a 15-game point-scoring streak, he's got eight goals, 19 assists. San Jose in Colorado yesterday, Avs win it by a score of 6-2. to two. So, uh, let's welcome in the Duke of Delbert. Good morning, Duke. How was the weekend? A big, big victory, or was it a big, wasn't a victory, but it was a big game? For the Tropicana's last night. A big game for the Trops last night at the Drake. Uh, eight skaters roll into the dressing room for our 8 p.m. Uh, start. So uh, of the 45 minutes total game time, uh, three 50-minute periods, I think I logged probably between 38 and 39 minutes of time on ice, which, I mean, hey, that's uh, that's good. I need all the extra physical activity I can get. But unfortunately, yeah, good battle. Got it. It raced a 2 nothing deficit, yeah. tied it up 2-2. Uh, then uh, gave up a goal late, and we we skated away with the loss, but uh, he- holding our heads high heading into the holiday break after that effort by the uh, eight guys kind enough to show up on a Sunday. <laughs> kind enough, huh? No, God. Uh, yeah. How many uh, skaters did the other team have? Full, full no, roster? It w- not not a lot, I, like 10 or 11, I think. But mm-hmm. even, I mean, hey, those couple guys can make a yeah. world, <laughs> world of difference when it comes to beer league hockey. What's the overall record for the uh, Tropicana Orange menu? Uh, I think we're close to 500. Actually, we went on a bad skid here uh, before our big shootout win last, last Saturday. Uh, so this loss, but I think we're probably maybe a game or two below 500 now, actually. Yeah. I, we're, we're kind of a playoff team. We don't keep uh, too close to tabs. <laughs> just got to get in, basically, at the end of the year. But other than that, Kev, it was a great weekend. Uh, football all day Saturday yeah. and Sunday. Uh, hockey games all uh, over the course of those two days as well. And you went to Delburn Friday night? Friday night, the uh, the Senior Outlaws in action versus the Forestburg Flyers. Uh, big win for the boys there to also head into the holiday break on a positive note. Um, and then otherwise, I mean, the football games, uh, I'm sure we'll touch on this more throughout the morning, but it was kind of a, a weird day because there were some surprises, but also not a lot in terms of actual uh, close games. When it came down to it. a couple, a couple like the Texans, mm-hmm. Titans, uh, Browns, and Bears, but otherwise, not uh, not a lot in terms of close competitive uh, affairs. I think a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans are wondering about their team today, only because Count me included. Yeah, okay, um, only because when they're at home, they they are unbeatable, but when they're on the road, they look like a totally different team. Very weird how. Um, you know, just even their mindset, and, and they, they don't look like the confidence isn't there. It's weird. Dak Prescott looks like a totally different quarterback when he's playing away uh, from Dallas. And uh, did you see anything in that game? And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to play the Bills right now either. Um, the Bills the Bills are rolling, and they look more uh, a lot more like the team that I think most people expected this season as, you know, like a legitimate contender out of the AFC um, but the Cowboys, I've been pounding their drum as much, if not more than anybody mm-hmm. uh, over the past couple of weeks, including the Dak Prescott for MVP chatter. Uh, that can be uh, put on hold, at least momentarily, after what we saw from the Niners yesterday. Uh, whatever camp you sit in, whether it is Brock Purdy or Christian McCaffrey, who who had himself, uh, both We're, of them had tremendous days. I think Purdy, like Purdy even said McCaffrey's the MVP of the league. I, I don't see how you can't yeah. say that, but I mean, bro, like, but that's still... I, People think I'm trying to knock Brock Purdy. I'm not. But when you have Christian McCaffrey beside you, like it's tough to validate your own 
case for it. And, and he's a seems like a pretty humble guy, so he's not going to trot himself out there and, and say he deserves it. But as of this morning, he is the odds-on favorite to win the MVP. Brock Purdy is. Um, but back to the Cowboys. Yeah, I... Mm-hmm. I, th- this was a kind of a bit of a, you know, th- they won a couple big games and, and now they head into next weekend. They go up against the Dolphins, who they get back on track without Tyree killed uh, after their loss to the Titans last week. So that next uh, next Sunday, Cowboys Dolphins, that might on yeah. Christmas Eve afternoon, that might tee up to be the game of the weekend. Uh, Micah Parsons says on the Cowboys mind boggling road struggles. Honestly, it's unacceptable at this point. Hard to believe that, again, they just look like two different teams, one at home, one on the road. Whatever the reasons are, they just don't seem to have that confidence that they bring when they're playing in Dallas. And, I mean, their their record at, you know, in at home speaks for itself. But the other thing is that they're just blowing teams out at home. So they've been far and away the superior team when it comes to playing at home. But when they go on the road, and again, they they weren't even in this game. This was this was game was over, probably in the third quarter. Oh, it, 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 even if you watch the first half, when the when the score was you know quote unquote closer, yeah. it's like the Cowboys just could not get really anything going on offense, uh, running or passing the ball. It was very spotty. The Bills D got after Dak very well. You have to give them credit. And uh, and but back to like. Josh Allen and how about James Cook? I mean, what a oh. day! What a day for him. Uh, uh, Allen's quote was basically like, uh, "You felt like the guy that was in the group project, but didn't do anything, but still got an A because he like finished the win with like ninety four passing yards." Which, if yeah. you think when when you correlate the Bills and their success, usually it has to do a lot with Josh Allen and his ability to throw the ball. Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, uh, Dalton Kincaid, whomever. But that it was it was a run game uh, up in Buffalo, and the weather was actually surprisingly nice mm-hmm. for Buffalo this time of year. So it's not even like that was really a factor. But uh, I mean, hey, all the credit to the Bills; they're they're keeping themselves in the mix along with the Bengals, along with the Browns, Texans, and Colts get big wins. Like, yeah, it was a, it was a weird weekend, and we're not really any nothing much more clear yet on the AFC playoff picture. It's still pretty muddy. Ever since they added that one extra game, it's just so <laughs> fascinating to watch. And to see how things can shake down, because I think you know before you kind of you knew exactly what was going on, mm-hmm. but now there's just so many variables that can come into play. Last night, uh, Jacksonville and Baltimore. Now you make what do you make of this? Trevor Lawrence goes into concussion protocol now after playing the game. That's not a good look. Well, I mean, it's uh, I, so obviously I didn't. Ca- I caught the first just under half of the game, obviously before I left for for hockey last night. But mm-hmm. it was kind of a similar script in terms of like, they just couldn't really seem to get anything going. But in terms of the after the fact, who knows? Maybe uh, you know. I'm sure they'll spin it whatever they want because yeah. uh, if he did go into like a spotter, pulled him and went through the protocols. I don't know. It's bad news for the Jags regardless because if he does have to miss a week, I mean, we already talked about him maybe should have sat out a game after uh, the ankle um, injury, but all of a sudden they're in very real danger of uh, of losing their spot atop the division. They're tied with the Colts tech, and, and the Texans technically, and they think all mm-hmm. three of those teams have split their interdivisional games. So it's uh, that one's muddy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just the, like I said, only one team in the AFC is clinched, yeah. and that's the Ravens, three over on the other side. And then on the same tied side only, uh, I mean, a couple more teams eliminated this weekend, but there is still a glut. That's of, of why teams. that extra game, right? It's, it's just crazy. 
and uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. It's funny how you're either a big Cowboys fan or you hate them, right? Oh yeah. And uh, K Fed goes Cowboys are nine and one against teams with losing records, and uh, one and three now with. Uh, their record against winning teams. Uh, the Dolphins virtually an identical spot. Yeah. There's, so, like I said, this game next week will kind of see. I mean, who is who's for real and who's not. I, I still think the Cowboys are a good team. Last night was maybe a you know a bad showing. Yeah. Teams are allowed to have that. Uh, you don't want it to show up in the playoffs or anything. But obviously, they lose ground in terms of the the race for the top seed for the division because the Eagles go tonight. So if they can win, they the Eagles basically have their 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 uh, fate in their own hands when it comes to winning the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam texts in, morning guys. I don't know about anybody else, but I love seeing the Cowboys getting spanked. Fly Eagles, fly. And again, so uh, Philadelphia and Seattle tonight. It's going to be a. I mean, that's a long ways to go for Philly. They always talk about the cross country travel. Mm-hmm. Seattle seems to do it better than other teams where they're playing when they play host to teams from the East. They always seem to have a better. Um, more jump, more, uh, you know, they use their home field advantage. The, the 12th man in Seattle is as good as it gets anywhere in the uh, National Football League. So uh, it'll be, should be a good one tonight. But again, Philadelphia now looking pretty good in the sense of where the NFC East is shaking down. Uh, coming up on the big program today, we will check in with Rob Tichkowski from Post Media, Edmonton Sun and the Edmonton Journal. So Titch will uh, make his uh, debut on Sports 1440 coming up at uh, 720. Lori Ann Munzer is our Monday co-host. She will uh, slide into the chair from 8 to 10 o'clock. The Olympic gold medalist from 2004 in Greece. Uh, Mark Spector. Our daily compu- contributor at 8 o'clock uh, for, uh, on the mark, and uh, Spec will uh, join us uh, for Booster Juice at uh, 8 o'clock. Uh, 8.20, Neville Wright, a former Canadian Olympic bobsledder, uh, went to the U- University of Alberta. So uh, it'll be interesting to talk about what Neville's up to and how he, uh, you know, his Olympic experience and on the World uh, Cup circuit and things like that. Uh, Jenna Ortiz from uh, the Arizona Central We'll guest with us at 9.20 to talk about the Arizona Coyotes. We're working on a couple guests in the 10 o'clock hour, I think, some NFL, hopefully. And, of course, we will have our uh, St. Albert Dodge game of the day at around 9 o'clock. That's going to be a surprise for you, Duke, I think. What do you think? You've already where, got where me. Do you want you've where already, do you want to You've already go? got me on the edge of my chair oh, really? uh, in, in anticipation for it, Kevin. Well, I think, you know what we should do is let Lorianne Munzer decide what the game of the day mm. is going to be. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good to me. <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, when we come back, Rob Tichkowski, Post Media, on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Well, if you're not up now, you are after that song. Little intro for our uh, good buddy Rob Tichkowski from Post Media. Uh, morning, Titch. How's it going, big fella? Uh, morning, uh, going going really well. You know, <laughs> seven uh, getting up at seven a.m. on your day off. There's nothing better. You know, when I texted you yesterday, <laughs> I was like, "Is this a smart thing to do to text Titch and see if he wants to come on at seven twenty? But uh, what a trooper! Thanks for coming on. Appreciate yeah, it. No problem. Glad to, glad to be here. So uh, what do you make of the Oilers, uh, I guess, the homestand? When you have a, a longer homestand like that with six games, it sort of kind of gets stale. People kind of think that, you know, to the end of it. Uh, what did you make of their their last two games to, to finish at 4-2 and two here? 
Yeah, I mean, it's going, you know, when, you, when you're eight and two in your last ten games, you know, it's it's a great run, and the homestand started off four in a row, and and even the game, that the first game that they lost against Tampa, they played really well, deserved to win it. So, you know, if you look at it from, you know, a, a slightly bigger picture, you're, you're thinking, you know, this is this is a great run. You know, they're going really well, but, you know, kind of unfortunately that last game left a bit of a bad taste in everybody's mouth, and you're kind of worried, like, you know, are the Oilers going back to their own habits, or is this uh, is this just a one-off? You kind of, I guess, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt when you're eight and two in your last ten. But yeah, that that last game against Florida wasn't great, and you just you're really hoping it's not a sign of the Oilers kind of sinking back into some of their old habits. Do you think that now you get on the road for three, and everyone kind of likes New York at this time of the year, so they spend three games out uh, on in, in the tri-state area? It can be an opportunity for them to sort of regroup here. I think so. Yeah, I think like you say, if, you, if you're on the road for too long, it gets it gets old and it gets a little bit stale. And if you if you're at home for too long, it gets a little bit old and a little bit stale. So you you know you get on the plane, you hang out with your buddies, you go out for dinner, you go to New York, which is always an exciting trip. You know, you always you always love going down there, and it's just it it kind of gets the fire going again. You know, you're 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 you know you're a little you're hot, you're pumped, you're you're hyped, you you're you know, it's your last three games before Christmas, so you you know you pour it all out. So I think it's probably the best thing for them. And you know, the the only problem being they're playing some three really good teams there. So you know, it's going to be tough. But you gotta you gotta think that this is an eight and two team that, that knows what it's doing. They should be okay to this. Rob Tichkowski, our guest on Sports fourteen forty uh, from Post Media. So uh, Titch, what do you make of the Islanders? I mean, this this is a team that, I mean, Mo, they're in every game. Every game seems to be close with them. Uh, what do you make of this team that the Oilers are going to face tomorrow? Yeah, like they uh, they beat them for it was a four one last time. Played pretty well. It's it's they're they're a team that's kind of similar to the Oilers. You know, they have a lot of good talent. They have some players that are hard to play against, and it's just it kind of depends on what you get that given night. Like, you know, you, you know, you could envision Edmonton going in there and, and just going back to the things that they were doing during, during that eight game winning streak when they were really hard to beat. And then you could see them going in there and winning four or five, one again, but you could also see the Islanders being a really, you know, a, a scrappy team. That's that, uh, you know, could suddenly put the Oilers in a three game losing streak. And the problem with Edmonton is like, even though you're eight and two in your last 10 games, you only gained three points. Like they were eight points out of that wild card spot, and you go eight and two, and and now it's five points. So it's it's really hard to gain ground because every night one of those four or five teams ahead of you is getting a point. You know, if you if you win, one of those teams is winning. If you're idle, one of those teams is winning. If you lose, one of those teams is winning. Yeah, and I mean the Oilers again, as you just mentioned, Titch, that you know they were right there sniffing around the wild card spots one and two, but now they're back in seventh. Uh, they do have a lot of games in hand on some teams, but uh, you have to win those games. Uh, the Oilers changed things up in the line department uh, yesterday. It looks uh, like heading out onto this trip. What do you make of McDavid between Kane and Hyman, and then Leon Drysaddle between Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Warren Fogle? Yeah, it's uh, they had to do something because that middle six just just wasn't going very well at all. Like, you know, McDavid and Nugent Hopkins and Hyman were, were outstanding. They were really putting it together. And then, you know, the fourth line, the last, the last few games has been doing pretty well, like drawing some penalties and, and getting a lot of zone time. But uh, what did he, he mixed that middle six up, right? Like Kane mm-hmm. and Brown were with dry and that wasn't doing too much. The funny thing was, is Janmark and Fogel with McLeod were, were playing pretty well. So he says, okay, I'll reward those guys, move them up. 
and nothing really, nothing much happened. So, I mean, you got Kane, who's who's due to break out. You know, having him with McDavid is good. And Dreisaitl needs some talent with him. So Nugent Hopkins, who had been going really well and putting up some points in the last little while, you know, the two of those together should make a difference. And then, you know, you got Ian, Mark McLeod, and Brown back together. So mm-hmm. uh, Brown, I don't know, <laughs> like... He's he's got to get going here because it's 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 twenty some odd games and he's just he's just not really turning the wheel. He's around it here and there, but you know they brought the guy in to be a top six right winger and yikes. Yeah, what do, what do you make of this guy? I mean, again, you just mentioned he's you know he's played twenty odd games. He was hurt a little bit uh, in the middle of of this stretch, uh, but coming off the knee surgery, everyone was kind of going, well, you know, you got to give him a little time, but. I mean, we're waiting and waiting, and uh, the the results aren't there. Uh, you know, he hasn't got a goal yet. Yeah, that's and that's a that's a big position, and it's for some reason you know the others have a great top five. They just can't they can't get that sixth guy. Whether it's whether it's Puliari, whether it's Brown, whether it's whoever they're putting in there, like mm-hmm. Kyler Yamamoto. I don't know. It's just a it's a black hole, and 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 you know if if everybody was hoping he would kind of regain that chemistry, but. It's just not happening. Like he was a serious leg and a serious knee injury, right? So mm-hmm. when that happens, you gotta you have to wonder what you know. He didn't play all of last year. He had major surgery, so you're hoping he'll get back to it. You're hoping he'll rediscover that chemistry with McDavid. And even when he came here, like everybody was saying, oh, this is going to be great. Like you played with a guy in junior, and you have this kind of you know uh, mental footprint of, of what it takes to play with McDavid, and you can you know really pull this off. And they're they're you know, cautioning, you know, you got to give him time. You got to give him time, but you know, it's, you're over a quarter of the season. So the hope now is that, you know, at some point down the stretch and, you know, through the playoffs that he gets back to being like a 30 or 40 point guy, as opposed to the zero point guy. Yeah. Rob Tichkowski, our guest on sports 1440. So Titch, you've covered this team for a long, long time and you covered a lot of coaches uh, over that stretch as well. (laughs) There was a lot of in about two, two years span, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, the average life expectancy is about uh, eighteen months here, one hundred twenty yeah. some odd games, which is crazy. Um, what do you make of what Chris Knobloch has done, and just his demeanor? I guess comparing to other coaches that you've talked to and interviewed here uh, in your career at Post Media. Yeah, he's. Uh, I you know I like him. He's you know in terms of interviews and quotes, he's really dry. Like he's not gonna. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to crack you up very often or, or, you know, give you a whole bunch of really zingers for the quotes, but he's he's really calm. You talk to him for any length of time, and he's just a guy who's very relaxed and, and very businesslike and, and very professional. And, uh, you know, I think that's a helpful uh, mood to have in the room, right? You want your guys, you know, especially in a team like Edmonton that's really streaky. You know, they go, they win three in a row, they lose three in a row, they win three in a row. You know, you never, you know, it's they, when they're on a roll, they stay wherever they're going. So you, you need a guy who isn't, I guess, maybe overly emotional or who is, uh, who's just has that calm demeanor. And I think the players like that and respect that. And he's been around the game a long time. He's just, he's a smart guy. And he, hey, listen, he's got him going in the right direction. The Florida game notwithstanding, you know, this team is putting together a, a good stretch. They got themselves you know, back in the mix a little bit, even though, as as we said earlier, how hard it's going to be to actually pass four or five teams and get in that spot. But he's done a good job so far, right? And it's kind of the, it's the way it always goes with the Oilers, though, right? They have a short attention span. You know, a new coach comes in and things are going great, right? First it's Jay Woodcroft, and, like, here they go. They're 
you know, they're putting together these these great runs, and then all of a sudden it falls off, and then a new guy comes in, and oh, you know, here they go, they're putting together a great run. So, mm-hmm. what they need is is to you know pay attention for you know an entire season and two or three seasons, so they can get some sort of stability in here. But so far, so good. I like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Tichkowski, our guest on Sports fourteen forty from the Edmonton Sun, Edmonton Journal, Post Media. Uh, Tich, what do you? Ken Holland, Jeff Jackson, however you want to look at it, what do you think their opportunity is here for, to make some moves to improve the roster, to make a tweak here and there? What do you see, I guess, uh, coming down the road here in the next month or so, month or two months here? Yeah, well, <laughs> goaltending is such a, a thing right now, right? Like, I mean, that's... You know, no matter how good your team is, mm-hmm. and you know they have a lot of you know excellent potential here. If your goaltending isn't good, you're in trouble. So Skinner, again, he's kind of like the the team as a whole. Like you have to say, like over the last over the last ten games, he's got it going really well. But beyond that, you know, I'm not I'm not really sure about Calvin Pickard, and I am sure about Jack Campbell. I, I he's just I don't see him being the guy maybe ever up mm-hmm. here again. So. You have to get a goalie, which is really hard, even if it's just a backup. And uh, they don't, you know, every year for the last how many years now, they just don't have a lot of cap space to to do a whole bunch of stuff. But, you know, they need a goalie. They need uh, somebody in that uh, right wing spot up in the top six that they can kind of make, you know, it it doesn't have to be a $6 million player. It just has to be a guy who can contribute a little bit. And, of course, uh, on defense too, like with Broberg down in the minors. Um, you know, I'm, it's you know a good place for him. He needs yeah. to get his experience and become a better player. But the Oilers also need somebody up here, especially down the stretch. And if you get into the playoffs, you need you need depth and defense, and they don't have a whole bunch of it right now. So three pretty big asks right now for a team that doesn't have a lot of assets to trade and a lot of cap space in, in which to fill these players into the roster. So it, yeah, a lot of work cut out for them. Dylan Holloway is going to return here in the next, ah, call it right, right around the, the new year. Uh, that's probably safe to say the time frame. Is he a guy that can, you know, move into a, a role here, maybe in the top six and that sixth hole? Can he? Can he be that guy? Well, they're, they're open, right? Like that's the guy who's tailor made for for being at the top six forward at some point. But you know, again, he's he's his evolution has been slow, and he's kind of got the hard luck. Uh, with the injuries, but he's a, you know a guy who skates fast. He's got size. Uh, he, you know, traditionally mm-hmm. he's a guy who has hands and can finish. So that's exactly what you want: is a guy who isn't making a ton of money that you've that you've uh, drafted and yeah. developed from within to come up through your system and and be that guy. So you don't have to go out and trade for it. But uh, it it hasn't happened to the extent that they want. But you know, you, you get him back here healthy and, and throw him back in there and, and cross your fingers. But it's hard for a young guy who's been stunted by injuries to step in mid-season when you know everybody's you know fully up to speed and then expect him to do it. But yeah, it'd be sweet if he would. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold out hope that he can be that guy. But you never know. Is he just you add a good player to your lineup and and maybe he's on the third line or whatever, and it just it frees something else up. You never know, but. It'd be great. Ideally, that's the way the system's supposed to work: is you draft your guys, you develop them, and they come up from within, and then you have a guy making minimum wage who can play in your top six. 
Rob Tichkowski, our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, around the league, is there a team that's maybe surprising you a little more than you thought? Uh, would a team like Vancouver fall into that category? Or what's kind of caught your eye around the league, Titch? That was exactly what I was going to say, Vancouver. Like, you know, when they, you know, they, they roll over the Oilers, they won on opening night, and then they get past them, you know, two straight. You're thinking, okay. And, uh, you know, and that was funny, though. I was at I was, uh, the Oilers golf tournament in the summer. I, uh, I was golfing with Woody there, and we were talking about the same thing. And he goes, look out for Vancouver, look out for Vancouver. And I'm like, I don't know. They got some guys, but they're, I, don't, I don't think they're there yet. But uh, they are. And Talkett has – Talkett's a great coach, man. He, he gets the most out of his guys. And, and uh, if, 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 you're not, if you're not playing hard for him you know, you're not playing and, and uh, that makes a big difference. Like you don't always have to have, they do have some really high end skill, right? But he's a guy that is going to get the most out of that talent. And, uh, you know, I really, they're a, they're a, they're a tough, they're a tough out and they're for real. Yeah. On the other side of the spectrum, what do you make, uh, what's going on in Ottawa with the Senators? I mean, now they've lost four in a row. They had all these games in hand. They're starting to play these games in hand. Uh, they're 11 and 15 on the year. They're last in the Eastern Conference. Do you think? Uh, do you smell a coaching change here too? Well, uh, you have for, for a long time. <laughs> You're waiting for this to to happen. Like, and that, and that was a t- like I like that team. Like yeah. they had like Stutzler and Kachuk, and like it's funny. Like I can't believe the Kachuk brothers are related. Like one guy <laughs> is Cam Neely, the other guy is this turtle. But I, I, I love. I love the Senators. I think they have a lot of really good talent, and I just, you know, they're not they're not putting it together. Like at some point, you have to make that change. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, they're they're waiting and waiting and waiting. But as you can see with what happened with Edmonton, and you can see with what happened with with Vancouver, if you if you get the right guy who can who can pull the strings, and you have that kind of talent, like I'm not saying they're you know the team that's going to go deep in the playoffs or anything, but they're they're not a last place team, man. Mm-hmm. Like that's. I'm surprised that they put up with what they're putting up with for so long. But, you know, I guess you, you be patient and evaluate what you're having and make a move at some point. But, yeah, you know, they got new owners in there and, and you, you, something's going to have to happen because you can't just oh. throw away another season like yeah. this. And they have all, they locked up all those guys and everyone's saying, yeah, this, this is a good core. They've got everybody around $8 bucks, and they just haven't been able to, to swing things and turn the momentum in their way. Uh, Rob Tichkowski, our guest on uh, Sports 1440. Covering the NHL, covering the Oilers for, you know, three decades for you, what's what's changed? The, what's the biggest change that you could say, going back to the guys like Doug Waite and Bill Guerin and Kelly Buckberger and all those guys in the 90s to, to where you're interviewing guys nowadays? What In your mind, what's the different, the biggest difference, biggest changes? Oh, my God. It's just, it's so corporate now right like in back in the day you would just walk into the dressing room and after practice and everybody would be in their stalls and you'd go up to four or five guys you sit there and you would chat and you'd you know you know how things are going you talk about you know life outside of hockey and and now it's you know you know you all wait outside the room and they bring out one guy Mm -hmm. and and uh, you know the whole media group interviews one guy and then the whole media group goes over to the next guy and interviews him and, and then as soon as he's finished they're out like players don't hang around the room anymore and just a very different there's a big gap between you know the 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 media and and the team i remember Mm -hmm. like going way way back if while the oilers were on the ice practicing you'd be sitting in the room you know all the media guys would be hanging out and we'd be in the room before the players were and they would just walk in and you'd start talking to guys and it was 
you had relationships with people and you could much yeah. in, in a much better way than you are now get a sense of what's going on behind the scenes and, and the mood of the thing and, and uh, you know you had a you had a better feel for it and now the organizations you know they're kind of hiding behind COVID a little bit right this all started with the pandemic you couldn't go in the room and they said oh no once the pandemic's over everything will be back to normal and it's it's not really so you know the teams make a make a concerted effort to keep that gap mm-hmm. and they also make a concerted effort to make sure that everything funnels through the team website right so yeah. that's why they want everybody in this these pack interviews and do you think, Titch, that, like, I mean, the players are so much guarded now. They're so much more guarded because of, I guess, social media and, and the camera phones and things like that. So I think that they don't want to, I guess, uh, you know, put themselves out there, if that's the right phrase, I guess. Oh, you have to be careful now. Everybody, like like you say, social media is like such a toilet and, and, and everybody's such a crybaby nowadays that if you say the wrong thing, like, you know, you've got this three or four day firestorm, right? And and they've all been burned. So they say, okay, forget it. Then I'm I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna say much. I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna temper things. I'm gonna be a little bit dull, because if you know if you say the wrong thing or or whatever, like remember Connor McDavid dressed up as Trump for Christmas or for <laughs> Halloween one year, and oh my God, it was the end of the world. Yeah. Like, oh jeez, man, the guy just it's Halloween it's a stupid costume, and you got to deal with all that nonsense. So. You know the players kind of you have to be more guarded, and they're and and listen, they can, they the high end players are professionals from the time they're about sixteen, seventeen years yeah. old, right? They have agents, they have coaches, they're told how to how to conduct themselves and how to how to be safe and, and effective. So it's just a, it's a different thing. You know the money's the money's better. The players are are, are uh, more prepared because they're at this at a at a at a younger age. So it's just a different world, but it's fine. And you know mm-hmm. you do your job and. Uh, it's it's hockey, right? It's not rocket science. How, how do you think the uh, Oilers do on this three game road trip to close out, uh, you know, their pre Christmas schedule? Uh, three and four is tough, especially when the the third and four is the Rangers. Right, Rangers are a good team that are a really good team at home. For some reason, the Oilers play really well there. It's the big stage, and they've always liked that. I remember being in Madison Square Garden for some, you know, epic wins and and big comebacks. So, you know, you you want to like like the Florida game wasn't great. Uh, you know, but I, I, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say this is an eight and two team that's going on the road. So I, I think three and two would, mm-hmm. or three and two, two and two, one, yeah. would, would be would be pretty solid. It, it, I tell you what, they're at a spot now where if you go one and two or zero oh and three, like your season's in big trouble. Like that's the problem with mm-hmm. playing on the edge of the cliffs like that. There's just no breathing room. You go eight and two and you're still in thirteenth place. Like, yikes! You never had any fun in New York when you were covering the team, <laughs> eh? <laughs> yeah, that was New York was a blast. Yeah, like you know, going. I got lost one time going to. Uh, I thought I knew what I was doing, and I had to take the subway from uh, Manhattan to Brooklyn. And um, I, uh, there was. I'm looking at this map, and it's just it's not like the Edmonton LRT where there's two lines, and and you go there back. And yeah. This thing looks like a this looks looks like a spider web, right? So I got on a looking for a stop, and it was there was like a there was a. Um, like a Marvin Gardens or and a Marvin something else, right? And I got them confused, and I go on the bus to the wrong place. So I'm in there in, in a you know uh, uh, overcoat and a, and a suit, and I'm lost. I am big time lost, right? Or at first, I got on a, in a limb on a, in a taxi, right? And I go, you got to take me to Brooklyn. So mm-hmm. we're, I'm sitting there, and it's about a half hour drive. I'm thinking, and the, you know, about six minutes later, the cabbie stops and he goes, so I got, and I go, what are you doing? He says, yeah, here you go, and he points to the subway station. 
And I go, no, I want to go to Brooklyn. He says, no, no, traffic, you'll never get there. you got to take the subway. So like, oh, okay, thanks, dude. And I hadn't planned out. I didn't know where I was going. So I got lost, and I'm in way in the wrong end of town, and there's all this <laughs> graffiti and nonsense, and the game is starting in like half an hour, and I'm totally lost. And I, it, was a, it was a bit of a scary day trying to get it to Brooklyn, but I missed like the first 15 minutes or so of the first period, and I thought I was going to get killed, but uh, it made it. <laughs> and that's where when the Islanders were playing there in Brooklyn? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was the, uh, they moving around about uh, three different venues over five years. But yeah. uh, so I'd never been there before. Like you know, if you've been there a few times, you know how to get to Jersey, right? You just hop the train and then you make that walk, and you you know you know how to get to the island. But this one was uh, this was the first for me, and I, uh, I if I if I knew I was going to take the subway, I would have kind of I done some homework. But the cabbie just drops me off and says, "There you go, buddy. <laughs> Good luck on your own." Yeah, so I was I was. I was in a panic and you couldn't catch a cab because it was just gridlock there, right? It would have taken me yeah. two hours. So I had to figure out a way on the subway to. But it, it's such a great place to, to cover sports. I mean, New York is as good as it gets. Oh, especially around this time of year when, you know, you go to Rockefeller Center and all the Christmas stuff yeah. is up and, you know, the, the lights are out and, you know, the, it's a, it's, yeah, this is like Kane was saying the other day, this is the best time to roll into New York because it's, uh, you really get a sense of the holidays and the and the season. So I think that's you know from a hockey perspective that that gets your juices flowing, right? So I think you know the Oilers are an emotional team that tends to you know feed off of that kind of stuff. So they, they you know I think you know you you would assume they'll be okay on this trip. Mm-hmm. Hey, Titch, thanks for uh, getting up early and spending some time with us. Uh, we'll hey, do it no again. Problem. Thanks, bud. Yeah, anytime. All right. right. That's Rob Tichkowski, uh, Post Media, Edmonton Sun, Edmonton Journal. Oilers uh, on the road for three straight, starting tomorrow in New York against the Islanders. Then it's the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers back-to-back as the week closes out and the Christmas schedule closes out. uh, And then the Oilers will have a few days off before uh, heading out to California after Christmas for uh, New Year's uh, Eve and New Year's uh, kind of games to uh, continue their road trip. Uh, when we come back, we've got some open text line. Lorianne Munzer's in the building. The monster's in. Uh, she'll uh, join us at the top of the hour with Mark Spector and then Neville Wright from the Canadian Olympic bobsled team. Uh, that's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. The Duke dives deep into the archives. That's a, that's a little BA action from... What year would he have uh, put that one out, Duke? Does it say? No. It doesn't, eh? I have no idea. Uh, you know, I didn't even know he sang that one, did you? Oh? Lorianne is just nodding her head. She's it's, like, uh, it's yeah, be a- that was one of the more familiar versions yeah. of that song I was with. And because, like, even growing up, like, in Delburn, the most popular station, especially for my demographic, was the uh, country station out of Red Deer. Mm-hmm. And so around this time of year, playing tons of Christmas music, as they're uh, completely inclined to do, they're all country music artists' yeah. versions of Christmas songs. So like Luke Bryan, who's very popular, he has a cover of that song. So between that and Brian Adams, those are like the two versions of that song I know probably best. And then um, is it Little Richard not? Uh, I think Chuck very, Berry. Or Chuck Berry. Yeah. Okay, yeah, very a very popular version too. I think Chuck Berry's probably the most popular. I would think. And, I would think across the board, yes. And for I guess because of Home Alone. Yeah. Okay. You know, oh yeah. 100%. Because yeah, you know, so Chuck Berry. That's from Home Alone when they're um, running through the airport trying to get to the the plane in time. So I think that's probably why 
that's the most popular version. Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. K fan wants to know: Doesn't anyone question the coach's decision to play the backup goalie against Florida, especially when Skinner came off a tough loss the night before? So, you know what, K fan? It's we talked about it last Friday, and a lot of people were like, you know. Like to see Skinner get another crack at it after two bad goals against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the third period. The Nikita Kucherov fourth goal and then the fifth goal by Steven Stamkos, a point uh, shot from just inside the blue line that went off the post and in. A lot of people thought that maybe Skinner might get another opportunity to, I guess, make amends if you want to call it that. Um, however, I think that. I think Chris Knobloch had that in his mind that that he was going to be playing uh, Cal Pickard. Probably he made his decision three games prior, like two games prior, a week ago, where he goes, he's going to play the Saturday night, and we're going to give him one of the games. I would assume he's going to play in New Jersey because he beat the Devils here. Again, tough decision. The Oilers don't have – this is the first time that they've had a back-to-back here. You know, and for them to basically go on uh, their schedule the way it's been to start the season has been very good. I mean, let's be honest. They haven't had, they haven't been taxed here yet. Now the bullets are really going to start humming here, you know, with three and four days. Then you'll have a break and then they've got, uh, you know, some tough scheduling as well right after Christmas. Uh, text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Hey Duke, I never. Uh, I wanted your opinion on the lines. Do you like the fact that Kane uh, has moved with McDavid here? Not moved. I mean, they've been playing together lots over the years. But so it'll be Kane, McDavid, and Hyman. Zach Hyman has been by far. It's not even close. The most consistent player this year. So and it seems wherever Ryan Nugent Hopkins goes that line kind of gets going too. So maybe they're trying to get Leon Dreisaitl going a little here too. So what's your take on the, you know, just juggling the lines a little bit? Well, I think Titch hit it really well on the head about like you have to give Leon a little more, to say the more talent isn't fair because obviously, uh, you know, uh, there's tons of talent up and down this lineup. But even like when you have a guy like Sam Gagne playing on the fourth line, he has uh, offensive talent, but Fans love to jump on a guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins that they say he is a a passenger and not a play driver Mm -hmm. and all these things, whereas exactly what you just said pretty much shows the opposite, right? Where he goes, offense tends to follow. And so I think reuniting him with Leon, uh, and they've had a ton of success together in the past um, with uh, elevating Fogel into that top six spot. I think that's a really good recipe because that uh, that line brings some different elements between um, Nuge's you know, periphery uh, skills and vision, Leon being able to play all sorts of way, Fogel's uh, up-tempo style. I-, I like the new look second line as a chance to try and get Leon going heading into the the holiday break here uh, because this team you know a guy like Zach Hyman yes has grown his 50 goal pace mm-hmm. it is unbelievable Connor McDavid uh, his point streak uh, extends again uh, with the on the assist on the lone goal on Saturday night like but it this team will only have as much suck, as much success as Leon Dreisel can also have at the same time because this team is a two-headed monster. And uh, that with that and its flaws, however you want to put it, 
it to have success, it needs both heads of it to be kind of roaring at the same time. So got to get Leon going. So I think this is a, a good enough shakeup without totally throwing everything into a blender. NHL tonight for uh, Monday, December the 18th. We've got five big games on the slate this evening. Anaheim is in Detroit. Uh, the Ducks... What's going on? Big, uh, well, they're what, on a skid. What's they, going on they, here with they, your Ducks? They are, uh, I, I said this even when we talked earlier this fall, they're off to that good start. I was like, I do not anticipate this to last. And uh, I was certainly right. They've uh, they've tumbled well down the standings. They'd lost five in a row before uh, beating Jersey yesterday. Mm-hmm. Adam Henrique, his first NHL hat yeah. trick uh, and coming against his old team where he had a, uh, a lot of success early in his career, some big playoff goals. So I think that was probably nice for uh, him on a personal level to do that uh, kind of back where he got things going um but the red wings i mean they're still kind of um you know figuring out this new version of themselves with patrick kane and exactly how they want to deploy all these forwards they have mm-hmm. so it's a it's a little bit of an interesting situation in detroit too because they're technically tied for the last wild card spot yeah. but uh, i still think they're probably wanting more uh depending when you look at the expectations they came into this season with mm-hmm. bringing in more veteran guys uh, now adding Kane, like this is a team that wants to kind of make a run at it here. I think they have to, right? Because, oh. uh, you know, I mean, they wouldn't have made that addition with Patrick Kane coming in. Uh, Minnesota Wild in Pittsburgh to take on the Penguins tonight. Both teams basically 500. Montreal is in Winnipeg. The Jets 18-9-2. Montreal 13-13-4. Uh, the one game that we'll be keeping an eye on, I guess, you know, I guess in Alberta here, is uh, Florida in Calgary. The Flames now two games below 500 at 12, 14, and 5. And then also tonight, Seattle is in Dallas to take on the Stars. And uh, the Kraken, 10, 14, and 8, and kind of everyone sort of knew that they would have a little bit of a step back after last year. Uh, Dallas, 17, 8, and 4. Uh, top of the hour, we will check in with Lorianne Munzer, our Monday co-host, Olympic gold medalist from 2004. Uh, Mark Spector on the mark for Booster Juice. And Neville Wright, Canadian Olympic bobsledder from, I guess, back in the day, went to U of A, A, uh, Alberta Golden Bears. Uh, So uh, Neville Wright will guess with us at 8.20. Top of the hour, Laurie Munzer, Mark Spector. Before that, time now for a sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. Wear an NFL jersey tonight to the downtown location on 104 Ave, and you'll get 50% off wings. Here's the Duke.